0: Why would you choose Shopify over BigCommerce? Well, you really have to understand what your requirements are and if it's going to help you or if it's going to hinder you in terms of the number of plugins or add-ons that you have to add into your total cost to get your business to do what you want it to do online. That's really where the kicker comes in. You know, what add-ons do you need and how much are they going to cost in each platform?
1: Here is your host, Sam Gupta.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. BigCommerce is the name you will hear in the B2B space. But does BigCommerce have the same options as some of the other sophisticated platforms such as mid two, with a security layer to enable procurement flows, quoting functionality and catalog release process. Even for omni-channel experience, you might need an external POS, but one thing it does offer is a very strong variant layer, which might be helpful for brands that might offer customizable options for each style. These variants might also be helpful for industrial brands, that might have dimensional inventory. BigCommerce also has headless options to work with other best-of-breed options such as using it with WordPress. So which companies would appreciate BigCommerce and which one would not? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to discuss BigCommerce capabilities. We discussed their capabilities in the B2B market and if they are comparable with other B2B platforms in the market. Finally, we discussed their unique capabilities for B2C market and why these capabilities would be critical for those segments. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our e commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5 30 pm Eastern we review one vendor or the solution and for today we have a very exciting and interesting vendor that is big commerce so we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that before we do that we are going to start with everybody's intros i am going to start with my intro if you don't know me i am sam gupta principal at elevate iq elevate iq is the independent erp uh, e-commerce and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to my buddy Robert for his intro.
0: Thanks, Sam. Robert Brown, Robert Brown e-commerce consultancy. Uh, I specialize in e-commerce for SMB. been doing it for 20 years and we help them uh, ensure they get the implementation they expect.
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Robert. And if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys, uh, you know, post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. And if we run out of time, we'll make sure that you get your answers. On that note, Robert, I am going to start with the quick briefing. We have probably reviewed every single uh, e-commerce vendor now. I don't know if there are any platforms left. There are going to be few that are not going to be as popular, but obviously, BigCommerce is one of the most popular ones. And uh, you know, in this part of briefing, I am going to brief you overall in terms of positioning of Big Commerce from my perspective, and then probably you can offer your commentary in terms of what you think, where they are really strong, and how they compare with some of the other solutions in the market. So, the way I like to think of BigCommerce, obviously, you have the community's perspective, and community is always talking about hey commerce is all about B2B when you are going to have probably complex products. That is where commerce is going to be really handy. That's how they sort of uh, you know, started. That's how their marketing positioning is. But when we compare, and there are a lot of different B2B solutions in the market, and obviously there are a lot of different layers as well in terms of the segmentation. So one layer that we always talk about is going to be SaaS versus open source. So obviously, this particular platform is going to be in the SaaS space. Their pricing model is going to be very well aligned with how Shopify is going to charge. There are some layers to that as well in terms of how Shopify charges versus how BigCommerce charges, and there is a pricing comparison. And some people say that you know BigCommerce could come cheaper. But again, for me, it's always the implementation risk and the product model uh, because that's where the real challenge is with the implementation of these platforms so when i'm comparing let's say if we look at the b2b position of big commerce uh, if i compare this with magento i personally could not locate all of those features and functions that uh magento has some of the very specific features for example let's say if you talk about any of the role-based hierarchy that punch out interaction the approval flow of different buyers if you are going to be looking at very complex products you know the catalog Construction that is all not there, and typically, you are probably going to be requiring a lot of add ons. But that's how your Shopify and Big Commerce both of those ecosystems are structured in general. You need a lot of add ons uh, with Shopify as well as with Big Commerce. Uh, so, that's going to be my personal perspective of Big Commerce overall from my research. What else, uh, overall, from the Solution comparison perspective, if you are going to be comparing this with any of the enterprise solution, obviously, BigCommerce as of today does not have all of those enterprise features that you are going to find with SAP Hybris and Commerce. It's uh, uh, in when you are going to be comparing with even Salesforce Commerce, you are probably not going to be finding all of those features as of today, even though some of the analyst firms, if you look at their ratings, they try to claim that BigCommerce has the enterprise version and you know they have uh, they are rated very 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 high but as such when i'm looking at these screens and i am looking at those features and functions either you need to customize it build it or you need to use a lot of different add-ons so not sure if that's a fair comparison to me okay in my mind Bigcommerce is a very smb solution as of today it's very well uh you know comparable to shopify at this point of time but again i don't see shopify as the enterprise solution as of today either so this is going to be more of the smb solution the right comparison for big commerce is probably going to be shopify magento to some extent but magento is a much bigger solution probably woocommerce um in all the smb solutions that are out there so i'm gonna pause there robert do you have any commentary
0: there so i th- I think the big difference between the two of them is actually um, customer support. You know, they yeah. they are fairly close, you know, neck and neck with, with features and function. You know, Shopify really doesn't have a, a strong international presence, so you have to rely on third-party things for, like, multi-currency. Yeah. But with big commerce, you know, when you have an issue you can't just call up and get instant support and then you know trying to get the second level support is rather challenging whereas in Shopify they're all over that they they, they that is their bread and butter and they're making sure that you know, you can do what you need to do as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah, so very interesting layer there. But Robert, uh, you know, I'm actually going to, again, you know, when you look at these solutions, they are going to appear very easy in general until you are actually going to use them and use them live on on a site. So in my mind, you are always probably going to require some sort of consulting with these solutions when you are looking at either building, migrating, upgrading. There are always going to be implications that are going to be sometimes you might not know just because you are looking at these solutions more from business perspective, but the people who are living the life on a daily basis, they know these risks that they can forecast. The other point I'm trying to uh, going to make is even if you have the support, let's say better support from either Shopify or Big Commerce, and we are going to be reviewing some of the reviews in terms of what user community is feeling when they are talking to Big Commerce. The support reps, in my experience, regardless of which vendor I'm talking to, they are not going to have as much implementing experience. Typically, you are talking to level one support and those people have one year of experience (laughs) with zero implementation experience. So obviously, they are not qualified to answer your question. They'll give you the resources. They can send you the links so that you can read. That is the only thing you are going to get uh, from them. So uh, I don't know if customer support maybe... Some companies have slightly better, but in my experience, I don't expect a lot from the OEM provided uh, support that is typically meant for the consultants like you or you know somebody else who is doing consulting. They are probably better qualified to talk to the OEM support.
0: Right. So it, de- it depends on your shop's setup and who's doing it and who's doing the management right. And so I agree with you. It doesn't matter who you talk to. First level support is really not that great. They are not that familiar with the product they're usually going by scripts they have to page through to find the question their fax system is is slow and cumbersome but it's getting to second level support and third level support and how quickly they can turn around that's that's where you know you really can judge a system by um, you know i know that shopify the customer satisfaction is also higher than big commerce
2: yeah so we that's a great point by the way and uh, you know obviously we are going to be checking some of the user reviews as well what users are uh, you know seeing and we are going to be reviewing shopify yep. and we are going to follow the same methodology yep. <laughs> regardless of the vendor and then we'll see you know so uh, i think uh, sometimes the customer when we look at the user reviews it also depends upon who is reviewing them what is their qualification, whether the product was really right fit for their business model or not? Because sometimes they are going to buy something just because it's popular and then it's not going to work. And then they are going to complain that either Shopify is a problem or Big Commerce is a problem. Yeah. Again, in my mind, I think you require a little bit of consulting support there with any of the e-commerce ERP initiatives. And
0: Absolutely. you need to talk
2: to people who really know what they are doing.
0: Absolutely. You can't just say... Because one company has a better marketing budget than another, you just can't say, I'm going to pick A just because exactly. I hear them all the time. You really have to dive in deep and figure out how it fits your, your particular implementation. You know, one of the things that came out recently was the Gardner uh, Magic Quadrant for digital commerce, and both Shopify and Big Commerce came out as challengers
2: in the funny part with quadrant and, and robert i don't know you know whether you have followed all the news about oracle commerce or not they had uh, one of the analysts i'm, I'm not going to call out gartner in this but at least one or two i mean they had positioned oracle commerce as one of the leading solutions and then we are getting the rumors right now that you know it's actually getting some fact so i'm not too sure if these guys are doing enough research <laughs> when they are talking about these solutions so, yeah, I, I I am not too sure if I really trust the, some analyst agencies are really great. I mean, they do wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, you know, they are also driven by the dollars, to be honest, whoever is paying them and, you know, some customers, let's say if they had made decisions based on the quadrant, now I don't know what they are going to do because obviously these companies are trying to position their customers, even when the product is being sunset. Can you believe this?
0: Yeah. Huh? Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. So let's move to the slides. Uh, unless you have any other commentary, Robert? No, no. Okay, good. So here we have some uh, details overall in terms of the product psychology and the background of the product. So they actually came from Australia and we have seen a lot of different product lines uh, that came from Australia. And they seem to have very similar trend in general uh, from the product mindset perspective. For some reason, I don't know uh, whether that is uh, more of the culture, business background, whatever that may be. But I have sensed a little trend there. Uh, whenever a company started in Australia, they have similar trend overall from the technical architecture perspective, from the software perspective. BigCommerce seems to be slightly outlier, at least from what I have seen, at least from the review of, let's say, Pronto, we have reviewed. And Robert, I don't know if you remember the name of the accounting system that we had reviewed. They were partnering with HubDoc. They were doing the revenue accounting for Amazon. Sorry, which one is that? Zo? Zero. Z- no, 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 no. Zero is the accounting system. They right. were actually partnering with Zero. They were very present in Zero ecosystem. They were known for the Amazon revenue side of accounting. They were connecting with QuickBooks and, and Zero, and they were sort of trying to bring this data, you know, to do the P&L for the channel right, 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 specific. Right. I don't recall the name, but we have reviewed them. And, yes. you know, that would...
0: Yeah, that, they were also Australian, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I have seen similar trend overall, you know, from the Australian startup perspective. They are very technically oriented products in general. But, uh, you know, when I reviewed the commerce, I'm not too sure if the architecture is really technical. Uh, It's a very business focused solution overall. So that's just a bit of color and the background there overall uh, when we see any solutions from, from Australia. Pronto is very technical in general as far as the solution goes. So they opened their office in uh, the United States in Austin, Texas in 2009. And then they have acquired, I believe, Zing is the name of the company. That's where they got the checkout and inventory software functionality. Zing? Yeah. So inventory software, I'm not too sure why they were calling inventory software, maybe inventory for the order management, (laughs) you know? That's how I would guess. Um Then the commentary says, as of June 2020, Becomers served 60,000 online stores in 123. Now, uh, Robert, I don't know if you recall from machinto conversation, my understanding is that we saw 40,000 or something right there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: 40,000, right? So now this is 60,000. I expect it to be much higher, to be honest, and the reason for that is because the the size of the customer for big commerce are going to be slightly smaller in my mind because they are not really targeting the enterprise market. So I expect this number to be higher, uh, but seems like they don't have as much market share uh, as either Shopify or uh, Magento. Um, yeah, but uh, 60000 is still a big number, uh, you know, uh, for an uh, e-commerce company. Yeah. Um, Robert, if you have commentary I can take. Um,
0: so I just did a quick Google search, and it looks like um, as of 2022, they have uh, 48,000 live stores running on Big Commerce platforms.
2: And these guys, Wikipedia says 60, right? So that's uh, fairly close in my mind. Um, yeah. yeah. And I don't know, the research, the site that you use, I mean, they typically, I don't know what they use to track, but they are typically tracking based on the stores, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah uh but again at forty eight thousand sixty thousand I think that's fairly close in general, but I expect it to be much higher because the kind of you know market uh they are targeting, so I don't know how many shopify has uh shopify would be far larger,
0: yeah this so, looking at one of the web um, stats sites, they're saying that Magento, with all their versions, has 250,000 active sites.
2: 250,000, and I believe last time when we reviewed, my understanding was that it's at 40,000.
0: So. 11,000 11, run Magento too. I you know. And again, you need to take these with a grain of salt because I'm not sure where they're getting their, their stats from.
2: What? Okay. So what am I missing there? So 250,000 you said for Magento across oh, all the versions, but then what the... is 11,000 then?
0: Eleven thousand is for Magento too.
2: okay, eleven thousand is for okay, so so they okay, some customers are actually running the older words. okay, got it., uh, so two fifty thousand for Magento and uh, again, you know that is also open source and free, so obviously that is that layer. But yeah,, uh, you know, I would expect Magento to be much larger in general. Uh, than BigCommerce at this point of time. So, you know, I I can believe.
0: So it's saying that there's uh, something like 3 million stores on Shopify?
2: And this is the same site that you are... uh,
0: Different sites. I'm just Googling, just Googling trying to find stats on on the three of them because, you know, nobody is going to put them up side by side.
2: That's what we should do probably. (laughs) Um, Okay, so 3 million. Obviously, Shopify has much larger market share in general. But 60,000 for BigCommerce, in my mind, Again, when you are comparing Shopify versus BigCommerce, and typically they are compared head to head. So right now, BigCommerce seems to have much smaller market share than than, than, than Shopify. Shopify is a much bigger fish.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, so some more commentary here. And BigCommerce is a very interesting business model in general, which I personally find exciting. Because when I look at the Machinto, and I have seen some implementations, Robert, I don't know what your experience has been, uh, it becomes very, very, very tricky when you are trying to design the omni-channel architecture and when you are going to be doing omni-channel architecture and if you don't provide the pre-integrated pre-based POS as part of your uh, you know e-commerce layer uh, it's not easy okay so there are a lot of different POS systems in the market if they don't have let's say the e-commerce component it becomes very 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 hard in my mind to be able to integrate then you are going to have 15 or 20 different other systems uh, in general, because obviously you need those in your architecture. And then when you have to separate out your POS from e-commerce, good luck with your you know customer experience, uh, You know because you are going to have a lot of issues uh, with your the way your uh, inventory is going to behave, the way you are going to be losing opportunities, the way you are going to be doing double booking and then canceling.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we actually had this conversation about two months back I forget who it was with, and we all agreed, all three of us, we agreed that you know going with a system where the, the POS is n- natively integrated is far better than going exactly. to plug and play. Because then suddenly when you have a, an issue, then you're calling multiple support systems trying to figure out what's wrong, and they're all going to be pointing the fingers going, no, they're doing it, and you're left in the middle.
2: Exactly. And that's a, that's a reality when you are going to be doing a lot of add-ons, to be honest, even on WordPress, it's just a nightmare to be in WordPress space when you are going to be using all of these plugins and nobody really talks to each other and they are pointing fingers, as, as you correctly said. You
0: know, and that, that yeah, WordPress is a great example. You know, a lot of people start out on WordPress because of the low cost of entry and they start adding in, you know, all the little plugins and they don't realize which ones they've added in, where conflicts come, and suddenly when th- something shuts down, you know, they're calling WordPress saying, hey, what happened? And WordPress is pointing the figure, well, you need to debug and try to figure out which plugins causing the problem. Good luck. Most yeah. people are not technical enough to do that.
2: And the support reps are going to have just one advice. Okay, remove all of the plugins as well as the team and then we will debug your issue. And by that time, all of the changes that you may have done in the last ten years would have gone. So yeah, that's the advice that you are going to get in WordPress. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um. So let's get uh, rolling here. So overall, you know, BigCommerce. I don't know if they have the native POS integration. At least I could not find that. Uh, they do integrate with CMS. And in their marketing material, um, you know, I think they have claimed that their CMS is not going to be as good as WordPress, but they have something for the blogging component as well. I don't know how rich that is going to be if you are going to be heavy on your content experience as well. Uh, But BigCommerce can be integrated with with, uh, WordPress. Now they are calling it as more of the headless experience. My headless buddies are going to argue that this is not (laughs) headless, this is all plug and play. Okay, you are simply rebranding it, but that's okay. in this particular case, you can, you can plug your WordPress with BigCommerce, which is not a bad combination, to be honest. Okay, in my experience, when I look at WordPress, that is just really good for at least the CMS uh, sure. you know, component um, and the comments that you're using uh, BigCommerce. But again, uh, then you are going to be using a third POS, external POS. Ah, then you have three systems right there. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: And then if you are global, then you probably have a CDN, which adds another layer of complexity.
2: Exactly. By the way, I mean, this is nothing because, you know, if you are a complex B2B business, you are probably going to require RMA. Uh, that's going to be a separate add-on. Uh, even big commerce has suggested that, you know, a lot of best of breed. So they have suggested a B2B Ninja. And B2B Ninja is where your the functionality that you are going to get, let's say with your Magento, because they have this built as part of the solution itself. With BigCommerce and Shopify, (laughs) you are looking at at least least 10 to 15 add-ons, okay, the way you are going to operate in WordPress. So again, you are looking at add-ons for pretty much everything, whether you are talking about promotion, whether you are talking about punch house, whether you are talking about B2B coding functionality, whether you are talking about, you know, POS, we have already mentioned that, right? So this is, you are going to be living in the world of a lot of plugins and a lot of (laughs) problems. Yeah. Okay, so, but this is at least interesting that they can, uh, you know, integrate with uh, with WordPress. And uh, here they are also talking about merge headless commerce with sophisticated uh, enterprise content management uh, through big commerce. So this is the, I believe, the digital experience integration um, that they have. So again, this is a third party product. So they are sort of integrated with that as well. Uh, that's what they are trying to say. Then you can build your own uh, headless it's uh, our front, if you would like to do that. But I think in the user reviews, I have heard a lot of challenges. Uh, you know that users are not really happy, and they don't really see this as being headless platform. At least as of today, they might be evolving their functionality. But as of today, they are not there yet. Uh, overall, in their headless capability. Anything else on this one, Robert, by any chance? No. Okay. So this is where.
0: Go ahead, One more thing, you know, just making sure from you know nomenclature, a lot of people have a tendency of throwing away, or throwing around omni-channel when they really mean multi-channel, and they are two completely different beasts. So we need to get on the same page as that. You know, multi channels is you're just selling on multiple channels, whether it be in store or on Shopify or Amazon or Walmart, whereas omni-channel is fully integrated where you can go from one channel to another seamlessly so the customer has a unified experience.
2: Yeah, and I guess, you know, omni-channel has become the term the way we have been using cloud vaguely and loosely to be used, okay? So now I think we need to probably throw the term called degree of omni-channel mess in your architecture (laughs) because that's what dictates, you know, how omni-channel you really are. Okay, some people, when they are talking about omni channel, let's say if you talk to POS vendors, well, oh, we are omni channel, don't worry about it, you know, you got it. But, you know, from their perspective, the only omni channel experience you get when you are walking from store one to store two, when you are going to be mixing your channels, you don't have that experience. For that, you require an architecture, okay, to be able to enable that. Now, when you are going to be moving from your, let's say, the e commerce to your POS to your Amazon, to your distributor, good luck with that architecture because mm-hmm. that's going to be a lot of fun. Because in that, you are literally aligning everything system, but that's the sort of the maker of the omni channel mass. If you can really pull off that kind of architecture, so I think the degree of omni channel mass is super, um, critical in, in, in my mind.
0: There, we go. We need to put that chart out so we can. Point to people, you are a one, you are a five. Where are you on the chart? We, we should
2: probably build a tool, Robert, for that. And, you know, you uh, input a bunch of variables, and then it is going to say, no, nope, 50% omni-channel mass. Yep. <laughs> 20%. <Yep. laughs> All right, amazing. Uh, okay, so here we have some of the functionality, and this is the functionality that you are going to get out of the box uh, with solutions like Magento and some of the enterprise solutions. For example, let's say if you look at segment your customers for pricing uh, product access and promotion without having to maintain a second site. Uh, you know, so that's all given in a B2B solution in my mind. Uh, then you have price list. Give B2B customers a B2C level experience with custom pricing at the SKU level for customer groups. The way BigCommerce commerce has approached their pricing, sure, they have a lot of different options. That is very user friendly. But when you are going to get into the complex B2B pricing scenario where you are going to have multiple layers of pricing. Big commerce is probably going to fall short and then you pr- probably would require another solution or the richer solution or the dedicated pricing solution that you can use. So you are not going to get all of those layers. But again, either you get simplicity or you get complexity. So depending upon what you want, <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. looking for simplicity, this, this could be great. But, you know, there are only going to be so many options that you can explore with them. OK, so then they are saying bulk pricing, take control of bulk pricing with customization. I don't have much there. Then you have purchase orders. Uh, Again, purchase orders is very tricky in general. And a lot of RMS, OMS systems, e-commerce, POS, they all try to claim that you can do purchase order functionality as part of that. And typically, when you are looking at ERP-less architecture, then you are probably directly going to your WMS or OMS. Sure, when you are small, you can live with that architecture. But when you are looking at the centralized architecture, omni-channel experience, when you have to have your procurement, uh, you know, your supply chain, your finance, your operations integrated as part of one platform so that everybody is sort of speaking the same inventory language. Okay. (laughs) You are not going to get that in this architecture and that's where your purchase order cannot reside inside your OMS e-commerce layer. That's where the purchase order needs to move to your, um, you know, ERP layer so, purchase order is in my mind for e commerce is more of the marketing hype than anything. The punch outs, uh, here they are saying customize big commerce to your ERP punch out solution via framing uh, and sequence or use our best of breed, uh, best and breed partner, punch out to go. Another add on you are looking at, even if you have punch. Uh, you might not need that, especially when you're looking at solutions such as Spryker or we looked at which one. Uh, I think Machinto has a lot of native sort of, you know, punch-out functionality, especially if you're looking for any of those customer or vendor portals. Uh, but natively, you can build those in Magento. Here, you are probably going to require another add-on.
0: Commerce tools, maybe?
2: Uh, Commerce tools did not have as much rich business functionality. That's my recollection of that, right? Uh, it was very technical solution in general. They were very technically strong. They were very headless. But I don't know if they have they were as feature-rich from B 2 B2B perspective.
0: No, I don't think they were as feature-rich, but I think they were strong in the areas they focused on.
2: Interesting. Interesting comment there. Thank you so much, Robert, for that. Okay, so now we have the code management and code management in the B2B solutions that we have reviewed so far. Uh, you know, they all seem to have that functionality. Becomers does not have that. So you are probably looking at another add-on for that. So here they are saying manage quotes with native CSR, generated code management and third-party tools, including. B2B ninja as well as bundle B2B. So I don't know. I mean, coding functionality seems to be given, especially in the industrial space. So here you are probably going to require an add-on. Uh, if you think Robert, I can take those. No. Okay. Um, so here scalable catalog and catalog in my mind. If you are a real B2B solution, then you are going to have very deep workflow for your catalog. The way you are going to be managing your catalog and magento is just phenomenal in that catalog functionality the way we saw okay the way you could build your catalog with one click you know you could promote your pricing across your vendors you can manage all of that very cleanly so here they are saying manage your entire product catalog uh, within the become big commerce control panel and push from an external system through the catalog api when i look at the ui and the demo I just could not find the same capabilities. Okay, so you are either going to be requiring add-on for this feature set, or you are looking at a lot of custom development. So that's my perception of this functionality. Overall, the capabilities are very lean for B two B businesses. Even though people say that you know this is going to be really strong for B two B, in my mind, they really don't have uh, as much capabilities as of today.
0: Well, one of the things that they do have is the number of versions that they can handle of a single product. Um, I agree. They've got a lot in that. So that can be valuable.
2: I completely agree. And we have that on the next screen. Uh, And by the way, I mean, that capability, Robert, is not only going to be applicable in B2B. And I'm actually shocked because people don't talk about the variant options that you are going to be requiring in B2C. For example, let's say you talk talk about fashion apparel. Oh, my goodness. The number of style and the, the, the size combinations that you are going to have in that space, uh, you know, the Shopify's limit of 100 variants. I don't know how companies are managing that on Shopify to
0: be. I, I, I don't either. I mean, you know, if I think about when my my daughter and my wife go shopping, you know, you go from extra size zero or double zero, triple zero, extra small, all the way up to, you know, four or five X plus all the color combinations yeah. that go with that, it's, you yeah. know, you can easily top 100. Exactly. This, isn't that what happened to the gap recently? They they try to change, um, I think their their push was sized for you, so they went for a plus size line, but didn't have the options available, and shoppers weren't happy and just left them, and so they had to basically trash the entire line. Exactly, and that's what I would guess, to be honest, and, and, and that's why I'm shocked.
2: When people think of big cameras, they are never talking about B2C. But even in the case of B2C, the product variant is a need in a lot of different verticals, especially if you talk about any of the fashion, uh, apparel vertical, style verticals, metal, any of the metal products, they are going to have a lot of different dimensions. Okay, mm-hmm. If you are going to go to any of the industrial verticals, if you are uh, talking about many different combinations of, let's say, for example, cutting tools, uh, they are going to have many different variants of the same product, uh, and they have many different, uh, you know, combination of that. So again, I don't know why people don't see big commerce solution as B two C. In my mind, that's far more B two C uh, than other solutions out there in the market.
0: The my experience with big commerce has been B two C. So I've I've had a couple of customers on it, and you know, they they were really happy with it.
2: I'm sure they'll be because you know, based on the kind of you know product architecture that they have, you probably need. Okay, so some more comments here. So now when I am looking at the enterprise uh, you know feature set. So if you look at the enterprise feature set, ah, that's not a lot to be honest. Okay. So they have a lot of different technical feature sets, uh, you know, but you don't really see the same feature list that you are going to find, let's say, in the case of your API server, Magento, uh, HCL Commerce, Striker, you know, they had far deeper functionality for B2B. So maybe the commerce is sort of you know B2C with the complex products is probably a better place for big commerce, not really the you know core B2B uh, you know place. So I guess there is a little uh, you know caveat there in terms of where big commerce is really positioned uh, overall from their capabilities perspective. But in the enterprise space, I mean the only thing I have is the price list, the coupon, the discount and gift cards uh, and then the abandoned card saver. Uh, you know that's typically companies use add-on for that. So uh, you know, but add-ons are going to be tricky to work with as well. But in this particular case, add-on is probably going to be okay uh, because you don't require as tight integration, especially with your order management. Um,
0: yeah, you know, one one of the things that we haven't talked about and we we haven't documented is, and we don't have really a way to do that is what a company feels is enterprise versus what Shopify or Magento or Big Commerce feel is you know, enterprise, you know, you're going to have some sort of Venn diagram.
2: Completely agree and could not, uh, you know, agree more because, you know, I have a friend, Ted Needleman, who reviews software for living, uh, you know, for PCMag and there are other uh, platforms that he does work for. And he talks about this concept of SMB versus SME. So SMB is going to be small to medium-sized businesses, and then SME is a small to medium-sized enterprises. Just right. because you are $100,000 in dollars uh, does not mean that your processes are not going to be complex. You can be as complex as your enterprise. So I guess you know there's that layer as well that you, know, you need to look at your business processes and determine whether you're going to be the enterprise grade. But everybody is looking from their perspective. When you have only served, let's say, one-man founders, for you enterprise, maybe two-man shop. <laughs> but for no. some people, uh, you know, when they have served, let's say, really large customer for them, it could be 500 or 1000. Or so great point. More comments? No. Okay. Um. So here we have some more commentary and this is the pricing comparison. And maybe, Robert, you may want to take over on the slide uh, and talk about the pricing comparison, uh, because obviously you are really good at that. Uh, so do you want to take over?
0: Sure. So when we look at the pricing for Shopify versus the pricing for Big Commerce, Big Commerce doesn't have all the fees that Shopify does. And that is a big selling point, especially if you have a lot of transactions. Right. If if you're selling a lot of small, medium sized items, you know, you're not going to be nickel and dimed for every single transaction. So that can end up saving you a lot of money and, you know, your bottom line. And then, you know, if you look at the monthly pricing costs, commerce is coming after Shopify. They're, they're purposely looking at them and saying, hey you know how much can we you know get close to them or slightly under them to nudge some of these small enterprise companies towards us or those that are looking to grow and, and they're looking how long can we stay on this platform and manage our costs And I think that's the pricing strategy that they've put out here. So you pay an, an annual cost, and you pay a monthly fee, and it works out to be a lot cheaper overall on Big Commerce. So, why would you choose Shopify over Big Commerce? Well, you really have to understand what your requirements are and if it's going to help you or if it's going to hinder you in terms of the number of plugins or add ons that you have to add into your total cost to get your business to do what you want it to do online. That's that's really where the kicker comes in. You know, what add ons do you need and how much are they going to cost on each platform?
2: So, Robert, when I look at data, obviously that tells a little story here, right? So I am actually going to narrate and then going to ask you your perspective if you really agree with this assessment, the story that this data is trying to tell. So here, let's say if I look at the big commerce annual cost. Uh, especially up to the $40,000 in revenue, they are trying to claim here up to $40,000 in revenue. You are probably be paying one third of what you are going to be paying to Shopify. But then if you are going to be between 40000 to 100000 they are saying you pay to Shopify roughly what? 1948, which is 2000. This is 900 roughly. Um, so which is roughly 50% of that cost. In the last one as well, you are paying roughly 5000 here, you have roughly 3,000. So they are trying to claim that in this structure, and obviously there are many different variables here where you are using Shopify Pay versus not using Shopify Pay, but basically the data is telling us that Big Commerce is going to be 50% cheaper. Is that
0: true in your experience? Well, so the, the plan that you're showing here for Big Commerce is the basic plan, not the, the plus plan, right? Yeah. And I think the same thing is true for Shopify. You know, Shopify... Will end up being more expensive because you are paying the fees, you know. But when you look at the annual revenue that that we're using here as markers, those are really low—forty thousand yeah. a year. I mean, this is forty thousand a year is basically a hobby. Yeah, I know. You know, I know, and you know, I I would say a hundred thousand a year is probably pretty close to a large hobby. It's it's probably not a sustaining, <laughs> you know, it's probably not sustaining you as an individual as your income. Yeah. You would probably have to be at the half million dollar mark yeah. for it to actually uh, be your living. Yeah, could not agree more. So in
2: your experience, let's say if you look at those larger businesses, uh, is the fee going to be comparable between Shopify and BigCommerce? Or is it always, you know, 50% of cost?
0: What I have seen, if if we're excluding the add-ons, even using the BigCommerce Plus plan, which is more expensive, it is I have seen it still be cheaper than Shopify.
2: Okay um okay uh thank you so much for that um if you don't have anything else to add there then we have some more uh, comments here overall from the plan perspective robert do you want to cover this one as well
0: sure so these these pricing plans are pretty standard across a lot of processors when you look at the standard plans you know the 2.2 versus 2.9% i mean this this is basically like using strike yeah. And so it's when you're doing merchant services, it's usually, you know, uh, somewhere between unless the only difference you're going to see is if you start breaking it out by card type and you you actually go to your own gateway and get your own merchant services like authorized Then you're going to start seeing a much lower rate with like Visa and MasterCard, uh, Visa and MasterCard debit cards, which are going to be at as low as, say, 1.3 percent. Yeah, with a 30 cent uh, per transaction cost. Uh, otherwise, if you're just using a bundled plan, which is going to include uh, Discover, Mastercard, Visa, you know, all all the others, these 2.9 plus 30% for a standard plan, 2.2, 30%. You know, the enterprise plan, and that's negotiable. You really have to start taking a look at you know the number of transactions, and you really have to look at does it make sense for me, and this is where the finance team really needs to get involved, does it make sense for me to go to a platform? Are the transaction costs going to be such that it makes it much more expensive? Or do I want to go directly to a gateway and to my own merchant services where I may be able to get it cheaper? If you plug in, a lot of people like to use, say, uh, PayPal and you know, or Amazon Payments because they feel you know customers are gonna be have more familiarity, those are gonna be more expensive. You're just gonna pay for it, right? Yep. Or um Klarna is another one. Yep. yep. Know, they're they're pretty expensive as well. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their handout so you need to actually run the numbers look at the number of transactions And when you look at merchant services the first thing they're going to ask for is they're going to ask for three months of statements so they can go through and actually price what you've been paying based on the card types that you've been processing to determine you know are these because we're talking about omnichannel right so if you've got a POS system are these cards present or are they going to be online there's cost difference there and then how many of those transactions do you have per month? What is the average size of your transaction? You know, um, and then you can actually start to price that model and figure out where it makes most sense for you to actually start processing your transactions. Yeah, could not so agree more. It's it's easy to do. I mean, you know, it's it's just a process. It's just time consuming. Okay,
2: amazing insights. Thank you so much, Robert, for that. Okay, so some more commentary here and. Uh... Here, I think this is the point that you were talking about, Robert. Uh, Overall, when you look at the these product attributes, and a lot of people talk about product attributes, custom fields, they are going to be using these terms vaguely. Okay, sure, every system on this planet is probably going to support some sort of custom field unless you are looking at very small. uh, Okay, but custom field is not supposed to provide you that variant or the attribute functionality because there you are going to have a lot of layers. And one of the layers that you are going to notice is, okay, you are going to be pricing, costing, planning at the variant and the style level. That's a far deeper functionality. You can't accomplish that using custom field. Okay, when you are looking at these variants, you are looking at one to N correlation. You can't modify these database tables of the platform that you are buying, they won't let you do that. Okay, so when you look at the variant functionality, make sure you are paying attention to and you are not buying the sales pitch. I got the custom field, you are good. Don't worry about it. So that's where I think BigCommerce really shines, and this reinforces your point, uh, Robert. You already mentioned that you know BigCommerce is really, really strong at that uh, you know attribute, variant, from, and they have very thick layers. It's not going to be just okay with Shopify. You have hundred with BigCommerce, you are probably going to have ten thousand. That's not just it, okay? Their functionality of the variant is very rich. The way you can support the customization. For example, let's say if you are going to be a uh, print shop. And you are looking at custom customization that's where vicommerce really shines so here they are saying track inventory uh, at the variant level or the product level and the other layer that you have is the digital product digital products have the same life cycle and the workflow in the platform as you are going to have physical product and that's a very deep functionality overall uh, this is the variant option screen the way the variants are done this is very similar workflow as you are going to have categories inside your Magento. Magento had very similar layout for the categories. And here you are looking at variant functionality. And with variant functionality, you have multiple fields that you can associate. And each of those fields are going to have multiple options. Literally, you can have the radio buttons. So this is very thick piece of functionality, the way you can uh, you know structure your variant. So I am a big fan of this functionality. And by the way, this is going to be useful, as we already said, in B2B as well as in B2C. Both are probably going to require this in a lot of different verticals.
0: And the thing that you need to check out, depending on which whichever platform you look at, it's great to have these variants, but you also need to make sure that you can get the data out in a reporting functionality so you yep. know how much you're selling and how much you need to reorder.
2: Exactly. Good point. Okay, so some more, uh, you know, comments here on the modifier options. So the variant and the modifier options are two different things, but they have the similar data model. If you look at the layout of these screens, uh, you know, here you are going to get the modifier option, the shared modifier option, Okay, if the same customization is going to be shared by multiple products, so the maintenance is going to be easier. So I am a big fan of this functionality. Again, this is going to be important for uh, companies that have very consumerized uh, you know experience for example print shop when you are going to print shop you know you probably want your logo on your t-shirt uh, you know those are the kind of businesses that we are talking about that's where this is going to be a great fit this is not going to be a great fit for the engineer to order shop which is looking for a very customized option <laughs> inside their boiler that's probably not a great fit for this so again you need to look at the product and product typically drives whether the data model is going to be aligned for your business
0: model or not? So one of the things that we we didn't talk about earlier, we under the multi channel, omni channel and the architecture piece. Yeah. Right. So the big commerce is just one of the channels. Yep. And you know, depending on the other channels that you have, many will have uh, an in store sales process and will most likely have an Amazon, maybe an eBay, maybe a Walmart, yep. maybe even Google Shopping. Yep. big commerce and i believe shopify does too will natively integrate with those other channels so you can manage it through the that platform that may not be what you want to do because there's a difference between having your warehouse management system and your multi-channel distribution system and your website management system like you know big commerce and shopify and so you need to be very careful and fully understand the ramifications of picking who is going to distribute your, your data, where is going to be the source of truth, and what that means for you.
2: And that's a great point. And by the way, Robert, I need to seek your opinion here because I think, uh, you know, even let's say if Shopify or BigCommerce are going to be connecting with these marketplaces, but I don't know if they're going to have enough flexibility to be able to sort of provide the catalog the way Amazon wants. And I don't know if they are changing as Amazon changes because they are always going to be changing. So my perspective in this is going to be tools such as Channel Advisor that you talk about a lot. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be a superior fit uh, in that channel channel maintenance because, you know, then you are looking at the whole channel management piece where you are going to have different skills, different descriptions, different fields uh, that you need to be managing for. So that would be a better choice, right, Robert?
0: Yeah, channel advisor, seller cloud. There, there's, there's a couple of, you know, multi-channel tools out there. Those, if you're multi-channel and you're doing enough transactions, you're going to want to consider having them in your architecture.
2: Yeah. Good, great point. So much, Robert, for the insights. Now, we have some more features, which is very interesting. I don't know how the product reviews are going to work inside big cameras, to be honest, uh, but they seem to have the native functionality for that, um, which is great. I don't know if this is just a management piece. Uh, they are saying when someone writes a review for a product from your site, it will appear in this list below, So which is just a review that you know they have sort of the plugin sort of management natively as part of the platform itself. I don't know how other platforms are going to handle that. So far, I don't think we have seen that in any other platform, so which is kind of new for me.
0: There many of them have plugins. There is actually a plugin or an add-on tool that will actually pull in Google reviews into your platform. Yep. I'm not quite sure how that works with native reviews and if it separates them or just commingles them. Not quite sure. Um I haven't played with that yet.
2: Yeah, so that's a very interesting point, And I don't know if you would probably require a sort of decentralized review management platform as well.
1: <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> because just uh, you know you have reviews from one channel, but there are going to be like you know 50 others where you are getting reviewed. So if you are not paying attention to them, you are probably in trouble.
0: Yeah, so you so you could theoretically have reviews on Yelp, yeah, Google, um, TripAdvisor, your own platform. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, probably some local like mommy blog thing, but, you know, th- you're going to have reviews everywhere and managing those can be rather
1: challenging.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, some more insights here. Overall, when I look at the page builder, to be honest, it's great. It looks neat and clean, but I don't know if you have a lot of flexibility overall, the way we saw in the enterprise platform, the way they approached these things. So this is very similar to the WordPress experience. WordPress. Page Builder is probably going to have similar capabilities. They are not going to be as hierarchical the way we saw in case of your optimized API server. They had far thicker functionality overall in the Page Builder. Um, here, uh, I would think that, you know, if you require any more elements on your page, you are probably going to be asking for a lot of plugins, and then they, those plugins don't really talk to each other. So that's going to be a problem. Here, if you're looking for basic website, then this is probably going to be okay. But you are probably going to outgrow very soon if you have any sort of complex templates that you are going to build for yourself. Okay, then we have, I like the navigator option. This is, again, very similar to your, uh, you know, other platforms such as Elementor. Uh, I think, again, uh, most of the enterprise platform probably are going to have this. Uh, this is probably going to help you in navigating, you know, wherever you are in the page. And sometimes that becomes very tricky when you are working with these three themes because they are not going to have that. And then smaller uh, you know, ones, for example, let's say if you are managing your commerce platform on a square uh, or probably Wix, uh, you, know, you probably will not get these. So here we have the promotion functionality, but again, it's very lean in my mind. It's easy to use for the smaller businesses, but again, either you are easy or you want a ton of options if you are really big. So in this particular case, this is really targeted for SMB and that's why they are really trimming the number of options so that it does not appear frightening for smaller businesses. Then we have some reviews here that we can go over quickly and then we can open for uh, commentary. So here it says, one thing that attracted me to be commerce is that it isn't open source. So there aren't frequent patch upgrades as required by platforms like Magento, which is true as well, to be honest. I mean, when you are going to be getting these patches from open source community, I'm not too sure how comfortable I would feel, to be honest. Uh, Again, if you don't have very enterprise IT, if you have very sophisticated IT who are really doing the cybersecurity for living, they are probably going to be far more informed in terms of what you should accept. But here, this looks very flaky overall when I look at any of the open source platform. If I'm not running my real business, I'm completely okay with that. But for real business, these open source patches could be a little trickier to manage. So I'm going to agree with this assessment. Uh, Then the user is saying they have options for both physical and digital goods, uh, which is definitely very impressive in my mind. Now the user is saying some changes to big comments require strong HTML and CSS skills. So even if your platform is going to appear very intuitive, you probably would require a developer in general. Okay. <laughs> so even the simpler platforms are probably going to be complex when you are going to be implementing your custom designs. So again, you know, just because you have BigCommerce that looks easy, I don't know if you can manage everything on your own. You definitely would require a developer, even on Shopify, Magento, or or uh, or BigCommerce.
0: Yeah, I mean they they all do because you have the templates just like you do in WordPress. And, you know, it can get confusing, especially when you have a custom template, right? When you get a custom template, it's better to just have the developer who built it work on it because there's no standard. There should be. They should comment it. They should have it organized. But most developers don't. They don't spend the time doing that. So they, you know, they don't price it that way. They price it to get it done quickly and get it out there so you're happy as a customer you have it cheap and fast. And then you need them to manage it going forward.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And uh, by the way, I mean, you know, Robert, you have been doing this for what now? Twenty plus years, right? And obviously, there are going to be things that we sort of assume that everybody will know, okay? <laughs> but when you look at the business users, they don't have development background, to be honest, okay? So it's really, really hard for them, and they would definitely require the development, um, you know, experience or developer on there.
0: Yeah, it's and it's always been that way. You know, the business user typically marketing marketing says i want it to be drag and drop and easy to do and they don't realize that drag and drop easy to do has to be very simple and doesn't give you the features and functionality that a marketer may want the latest the latest widgets say you know let's say you want pearls all right personal urls um, to get to give to you know marketing departments, okay, fine. you 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 generate the pearls and you send out your marketing campaign and that user comes into their own individual landing page, but there's complexity and causing that to happen. And that's not a drag and drop functionality. So you needed a developer to actually manage that for you. And so whenever you get developers involved, that's project management and there's a timing consideration, and you know you can't do everything at the drop of a hat. so it's it's planning. A lot of planning and communication.
2: Yeah, could not agree more. So we'll uh, look at one more review and then we can open for some more commentary. Um, So here uh, the reviewer is saying not the best for headless, keep looking, uh, which is probably true as well. And this is where I think a lot of users have reported. They are calling themselves as headless, but I'm not too sure if they have the real headless capabilities that the modern uh, platforms are going to have. Here they are saying we choose BigCommerce. And by the way, the number of data objects that they have they are really lean overall from the It's not even close to uh, you know some other platforms yep. uh, that we have seen. So yeah, it's it's really small platform in general. Uh, here they are saying we choose BigCommerce over other headless cards because the cost was cheaper. The that ended up being a bad decision. Uh, they inflate their cards headless capabilities. Uh, so many out of the box uh, BigCommerce native checkout integration don't work on their embedded card, it's very frustrating, but this is how most integration work, okay? So, it's <laughs> uh, not to blame, they are going to give you an option. Obviously, they are always going to say that, use my products uh, that are going to be natively built. You know, they are just going to be easier. So again, you know, it's it's easier said than done when you look at the add-ons, plugins, um, and the headless experiences. I,
0: you know, I I take a little bit of issue with this, this review because This is screaming miscommunication. Reading this, it looks like um, a business owner or a higher level executive probably said, let's go with big commerce. They probably looked at it from a pricing strategy perspective without understanding the technical background and said, you know, we're just going to go do with this and my my dev team can make it happen. And then they never did a, um, a feature comparison to the requirements to truly understand what they were getting out of the box. And- when they realized, you know, during the implementation that it just was going to do what they needed it to do, they're they're slamming big commerce when in fact I put it back on, you know, the project team. It's it should have been communicated up to, you know, the stakeholders. This is a bad choice. Yeah,
2: could not agree more, uh Robert so we are going to close uh these slides now and uh, open for any closing comments that you might have. Uh-
0: No, I I think this was a a really great episode. Um, I think, you know, it goes back to every single conversation that we have. You need to really understand what you're trying to achieve and have a detailed set of deliverables that you're looking for, features and functionality, and just go through the checkboxes. Does this tool supply that or not?
2: Okay, amazing. So I am actually going to touch quickly on the comments that we got, and then we can finally wrap. So here we have a comment from Dave Freisler. He's saying that pricing functionality is a real problem, but unfortunately, one you don't realize you have until after it's too late. At least that's the case I ran into with one client. I don't know, uh, Robert, if you're going to have any sort of follow-up comment. I don't know which pricing functionality he's talking about.
0: Uh, I'm I'm not quite sure either. But you know, given Dave is in the B2B space, it was probably B2B pricing, so they probably had a complex pricing model, yeah. and big commerce isn't going to support that.
2: Yeah, in, in my mind, you know, pricing has been all over the place in general, the way that that is implemented. And sometimes it, there is no sort of communication between your different channels. And again, that omni-channel experience. So pricing is slightly trickier. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: and again, that goes back to your architecture and design. Uh, okay, so we have one more comment here. It says, sounds interesting to have Google reviews in our platform. Uh, yes, you are absolutely right. I was excited with that as well. And then one more comment. Uh it is coming planning and communication indeed. So she's agreeing with you, Robert. So good job there. All right. So if you don't have any other closing comments, that's it for today. If you join for the first time, this was part of our e commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5 30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here. We are going to come back uh, with another topic or the vendor next week. On that note, thanks everyone for your time and insight tonight. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests. And hopefully, you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Robert Brown, head over to rgbecommerce.com. It's rgbecommerce.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jacqueline Laufer, who shares her insights into the Shopify paths and the challenges associated with international payments. Also, the interview with Ben Rudnick, who shares his insights into how companies can increase their revenue by improving the findability and searchability of their product lines. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Spread the Word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to get you on the next episode of the WBS Thank
1: you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast.